Studios. The AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Welcome to the COB. I'm Juliette Sarli this Friday, the 1st of March. Let's have a quick look at what we're seeing on the market. The ASX 200 has hit a record today. The CBO 200 up six points, four tenths of 1%. I'll just let you know where the ASX 200 is. 36 points higher, half of 1%, 7,735. So certainly starting March on a very positive high, as uh, we say, new month, new record. And of course, this is all on the back of the fact that um, we had the records as well on Wall Street overnight with the S&P 500 and the Nasdaq both hitting those uh, records. So let's have a look at our three themes. There we go. New month, new. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Record. Also having a look at property power, it was really interesting. We had uh, the CoreLogic data showing the fastest growth in home values in five months in February. It was only modest. It was 0.2 of 1%. But of course, we had had some declines, particularly uh, in Melbourne. But overall, home values rose by 0.2 of 1%. And Melbourne was slightly higher, emerging from that three-month slump. Perth still out in front, posting a 1.8% increase over the month, according to CoreLogic. Hobart, though, did see uh, home values fall by 0.3 of 1%. Now, what also caught my eye was the fact that UBS is tipping home prices will grow 5% this year, adding to the overall economic growth picture. Worth noting, though, that the investment bank has added they do not expect a rate cut from the RBA until November this year. And of course, in terms of the Fed uh, rate cuts, well, those June cut bets are growing investors very much uh, heaving a sigh of relief after the much-awaited U.S. inflation report came in in line with expectations, soothing fears of a pickup in prices and raising hopes that the Fed will kick off rate cuts in June. Let's have a quick look at some of the sectors. It really has been the miners powering this rally. BHP up over 2% today. Rio Fortescue looking good. South 32 are strong as well. In terms of the healthcare, a bit of a switch out, which often happens on days like this as people take away from those defensive positions, particularly Cochlear, which uh, had that record yesterday, uh, down almost 4%. But look, it's trading at nearly $337. So people might be wanting to lock a little bit in there, particularly um, looking at CSL as well. And Ramsey Health, of course, came through with its numbers this week. It's down about 2%. And Cellsonic Healthcare, which I believe is ex-dividend as well. Uh, In terms of the consumer staples, Coles and Woolies doing well. A little bit of a dip out in Treasury Wine, even though it's Friday. Endeavour Group as well, lower. And A2 Milk down 1.3%. All right, let's have a look at some of the the major stories that we were focusing in on today. Life 360 very much in focus. It paired its annual loss on a 33% jump in annual revenue and said it expects to generate additional income in 2024 as it allows advertisers to target its users. This as it launches partner advertising in 2024, which it expects to have modest revenue contribution in the second half. Life 360 shares up 36%. BHP will welcome outgoing NAB CEO Ross McEwen from 
next month, McEwen will be joining the BHP board from the 3rd of April after leaving NAB on the 2nd of April, both those companies tracking higher. I mentioned hearing implant uh, company Cochlear among the biggest laggards, down nearly 4% after hitting a record high on Thursday, dragged down by poor sentiment and a switch out of health. And Star Entertainment uh, looking set for its strongest week since the pandemic, despite reporting a 14% fall in revenue. Uh, that came through yesterday and uh, shares up by 1.5% after hitting a record low of 41.5 cents, of course, facing that regulatory inquiry as well. All right. Let's get to our guest for the COB a little earlier this week. Shane Oliver from AMP joins us. Shane, record highs on the market. Is that just the euphoria that reporting season is over? We know all the details now. And of course, on the back of that uh, PCE inflation read, which boosted US equities. Look, I think it's both those things. Uh, the market sort of uh, tread, trod water right through February after that high in early February. Uh, waiting for the earnings numbers to get out of the way. They turned out to be sort of so-so. Um, more results surprising on the upside than on the downside, better than bid. And, of course, uh, investors looking forward to hopefully better conditions once interest rates start to fall. So that's certainly a factor. Now, the fact that we had the earnings reporting season there was no major disasters is also good news, but also the lead-in from Wall Street is fairly positive. And, of course, this week we did get some better than expected better than expected inflation numbers, which probably also fed into the mix as well. And there was a slight edging up in market expectations for how much the, the RBA would cut this year. So I think all of those factors fed into the mix. And yes, we've got a record high. Uh, record highs on their own aren't necessarily a sign that markets will go down. Historically, the market uh, uh, trends up, so stands to reason you're going to see lots of record highs over the long period. Um, obviously, the issue, though, will become around valuations, which are a little bit on the high side, but do need lower interest rates and lower bond yields probably to provide support going forward. Shane, you mentioned their inflation. Just tell us what your uh, pipeline inflation indicator is telling us now as we really try to assess when we could see a move from the RBA. Well, it's uh, still pointing down. You know, it, uh, it, it sort of led on the way up, got to those very high numbers that we saw uh, through 2022, uh, since then it's been falling quite steadily. Uh, the pace of decline, as in the US, has slowed in recent times, but it is still trending down. And in fact, you could argue that it's averaging around a level consistent with 2% inflation. And it's also interesting to note that even with a bounce back and in monthly inflation in the month of February, which we'll probably see because of higher fuel prices and some services, uh, prices being included that weren't included in uh, January. Uh, even if it bounces out at 3.7%, um, on our numbers anyway, it looks like we'll end up with another quarterly rise in inflation through the March quarter of around 0.6, uh, much like we saw in the December quarter. If you annualise that pace, it gives you about 2.5%, believe it or not, which is in line with the target. Now, I, I don't want to push that one too far, but I think it is consistent with uh, the Reserve Bank gradually easing its mild tightening bias, not in two weeks' time, but I think beyond that, uh, and then setting up for rate cuts uh, from the middle of the year. And of course, we are focusing in as well on that GDP print for the last quarter that's due out next week. Um, what do you think that's going to tell us? Well, we're at the lower end. I think the market consensus is 0.3% now. Uh, it's hovered around 0.2. I think it edged up 0.3 from what I can see. That's about 1.4%. Uh, year on year. Uh, we're forecasting a number slightly lower than that. 
Um, we are going to see, we're looking for 0.1%. Uh, weak consumer, uh, weak housing investment. Housing investment looks like it's going to have a big negative there. Um, yeah, zero contribution from trade, but maybe a little bit of growth coming through from uh, construction investment and also public spending. Uh, but 0.1% is, uh, is pretty close to zero. And if you allow for a normal forecasting error, it's quite conceivable it could be a negative number. Probably not, but I think it'll still be mild positive. But um, that that is certainly a risk there. But what, whichever way you cut it, we're going to see a continuation of the per capita recession. I think it'll now be four quarters in a row of contracting GDP per person in Australia, uh, and it's it's quite clearly indicating a very weak um, underlying demand situation and very weak economic growth. Shane, we've got a shortened program today, so we're going to have to leave the important stuff there, but okay. also of importance. How was Taylor Swift on Monday? Look, I'd give her 11 out of 10. <laughs> I mean, she's fantastic. Um, I only discovered Taylor later on after she'd been around for a long time, but she's got a massive repertoire over 17 years of uh, producing songs and albums, you know, lots of different styles, fantastic performance. So I'd rate her up there with Paul McCartney. I mean, maybe she doesn't quite have his range just yet, but uh, she's certainly getting there and certainly... I think how fantastic value for money that concert was. Well, you you had a good value. You got those cheap tickets. For some of us that paid the high end, I, I would still also give her an 11 out of 10. All right, Shane, thanks yeah. as always. Have a great weekend. All right, the stock of the day was Life360, Grady Wolf from Bell Direct and Luke Winchester from Merriweather Capital shared their verdicts. The metrics around the business just continue to march on. Um, revenue metrics, recurring revenue, paying users, um, average revenue per user, moving into the international markets quite strongly, offload bases, but you know the growth rates are quite strong. Um, you know, I think what has got the market excited is again another strong half of, of cost control, where, where their operating costs only went up by about four percent. So you know that strong revenue growth is really starting to hit the bottom line. Um, still loss making. Um, you know, my friend Howard would point that out that if you look at a statutory result, it's still loss making. But um, you know, cash flow positive when you when you sort of factor in that a lot of their costs are share based payments. So you know, the cash balance is growing, and based on the guidance they gave, there's a, there's a fair chance they could actually hit um, EBITDA profitability uh, even before the share based payments this year. So um, the valuation's hard to get your head around. It's 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 right up there now at, at you know 1.7 billion. That's you know that's that's getting expensive. But when I, when I look at the growth and I look at the trajectory, um, again, I think you have to tr- as best as you can mitigate it for those Apple Google risks. But um, the metrics that they're putting out and the leverage they're seeing, um, this is a valuation that that would not look too silly in a few years if they're able to keep actually in the way they are. So I'll say hold, Andrew. I, I thought this was a good result. The thing that I like the most about this company is the monthly active users are continually growing. They have not experienced a period where they've gone backwards at all. So that shows that switching rates between competitors, between Apple, Amazon, Google, all of these companies is really low. So once you get them in the business at Life360, they're sticky, which is great. And I also love the fact that the company has continued double-digit growth and revenue, which is a very, very positive uh, positive outcome. And they also have subscription revenue. So as we saw during COVID-19, 
lot of the tech companies that didn't have annual recurring revenue or subscription models really, really suffered. So with a company like this, they've been the subscription for a long time. They also increased prices last year. So that's now reflected in the full year results. Um, and that is often a way that companies uh, either really see an exodus of their customer base or get the customers accept it, which in this case, customers have accepted it and continue to charge forward with Life360. So I love this company. Um, it is quite expensive. It's been on a run. So I would go with a hold right now uh, just because of its, obviously it's on a run and massive run today. But yeah, it's a company that I would definitely have in my portfolio. Well, our annual subscriber survey is open until the 13th of March. We'd love it if you could take a couple of minutes and fill it out. And it's all to make Ausbiz better for you. Now to sweeten the offer, someone is going to win a managed investment portfolio from MPC Markets worth $5,000. There's other prizes too. You just need to go to ausbiz.co slash survey 24 in terms of trying to uh, fill that out for us and tell us what you want to see on Ausbiz. Let's get you caught up on what is happening overnight. Um, Eurozone PMI data, also jobs data out of the Eurozone, Canadian manufacturing PMI and the US final manufacturing PMI. We've also got construction spending data coming through from the US. A quick check on what is on the week ahead, starting locally, all about GDP. Um, We've got non-farm payrolls data in the US, but uh, the end of the week we'll hear FOMC Chair Powell's testimony on the Hill and um, looking at what we're going to be looking for here, as I was talking about with Shane, it's really about that GDP print. We'll also get building approvals data on Monday. A record high on the ASX 200. The CBO is up four tenths of a percent, 1,485 points. That is it for the COB. Stay with us. The first edition of the call, the last call for 2024 is coming up soon. (laughs) 